from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast. We're running through the hot topics trending online this morning. Alexandra, founder of the opinion website, thebigsmoke.com.au, with us once again. And Alex, some interesting stats coming out regarding job interviews. 57% of people would lie to get a job. Yeah, I mean, it's reflecting the current economy that we're in and also the sense of fear a lot of people have. So, mm. you know, we've seen a number of different companies lay off a lot of staff. Um, and so there are a lot of people looking for work at the moment. Now, this particular study was commissioned um, across the US um, and they found that 55% of American workers had already lied on their resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 57% would lie now to get a job just because of rising costs. So it was really around trying to find ways um, that they could secure the role, even if they didn't have intention of staying in the role for long. It was around around stability for them. So, you know, it, it just indicates the kind of atmosphere that we're creating at work and also the the market that we have in terms of, of, of human capital. Now, before you ran your own business, did you ever lie on a job interview? I never lied on a job interview, but I feel like I did with hobbies. because I never had anything that interesting that I did as a hobby. So I didn't lie about my education or my work, but I would say things like, yeah, I like to go for runs or, yeah, "Yeah, I I knit. I don't know. I just wanted to be seen as interesting and I really was not. So Mm. I would just like, that's the stuff that I would have a bit of more creativity around. Well, I never specifically lied uh, in the CV or anything, but I remember when I got a job, uh, they said you had, uh, after I'd got the job, they were like, yeah, you got your driver's license, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. And then I had to <laughs> madly rush to get my driver's license get in a week's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's, but you know what, that's all the light stuff. We have yeah. seen people lying about serious, I mean, I've heard about people who got jobs as CEOs mm. and then years later they found out that they never had any experience. <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty mind-blowing. Uh, now, reframing what we can call veggies uh, can potentially help kids uh, eat a little bit differently and and a bit more of that healthy stuff. So what's the strategy? Yeah, so this is really great. So basically this comes from a number of experts, especially, um, you know, lecturers in the food science and human nutrition space. And what they're saying is to really reframe the way we talk about food with our kids, particularly around uh, vegetables. Mm -hmm. So rather than talking about foods being good or bad, because it's all about trying to change that um, narrative, it's really about encouraging them to use the phrase eating the rainbow. Mm. So rather than saying, please eat your carrots, please eat your celery or whatever it might be, you're, you're talking about eating the rainbow. And so you're encouraging a kid to basically think about food as evidence-based, rainbow-colored, fun, positive. It's it's not sort of being forced down their throat. So you're not saying eat your broccoli or you won't get dessert. It's, it's yeah. just changing that tactic to really say eat the rainbow, make it fun, uh, make them feel more comfortable with food, make them feel more comfortable with vegetables um, and really change that narrative. It's interesting. Veggies aren't a problem in our house. It's meat. My daughter oh, is just that's not, not a fan of meat. She likes chicken and that's basically right. it. It's a, uh, a big battle to, to, to see if she wants to try different meats. But Yeah, I was like that as a kid. I, mm. I only liked really seafood and things like that. Yeah, apparently it's quite popular with kids. They just uh, sort of, yeah. I guess, have to grow into the meat. Uh, now, weird objects people use for toilet paper. Over the last couple of years, we've been having, you know, toilet paper, uh, you know, running out of it. But yeah. apparently we could have been using something else this whole time. I mean, I, I didn't realize this, but, you know, it, it makes sense. 
Um, so toilet paper is common in Australia and the US and in the UK, much of the Western world. But 70% of people don't use toilet paper. So they wow. use it for days. Yeah. So um, that's very common. And actually, it's becoming more common in Australia. There's been a number of different, um, you know, news reports around how more and more homes are actually being um, purchased with a bidet installed. So that's really interesting. Um, but you know what? It, it's, it's a fascinating thing to see what people would use um, for toilet paper, something that you think about. You know, ancient Romans, for example, would use basically stone. And, an abrasive ceramic, basically, um, <laughs> to use. Uh, some people, you know, especially Vikings and, you know, um, Anglo-Saxons would often use soft moss, so getting mm -hmm. bits of moss and using that. And then, um, but the interesting one for me, and this was really popular around Native Americans and colonial settlers in North America, was corn cobs. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, but oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, but, yeah, it's horrific at the same time. Yeah, well, I'm not even going to comment it's, on it's that one, popcorn. Alex. It's popcorn. It's popcorn, yeah. but not. <laughs> I would stick with the bidet, for sure. <laughs> uh, au. Jump on there. Join the conversation. Uh, I'm not having corn tonight, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Alex, we'll chat next week. Thank you. The feel-good start to your day. This is Pablo for breakfast. It's